The Voices of Search podcast is a proud member of the I Hear Everything podcast network. Looking to launch or scale your podcast? I Hear Everything delivers podcast production, growth, and monetization solutions that transform your words into profit. Ready to give your brand a voice? Then visit IHearEverything.com. Bridge Toll, California, customer service number. Highway miles to the gallon, Ford Focus. Thailand Cave Rescue Operation. What is Schema F? Best wine bars in San Carlos, California. Best Western hotels. How old is Ronaldo? What happened with Big Brother? What's a good engagement? How long before a wedding should I send out save the dates? Use IMAP to check email on other email clients. Identify fonts from where to find the Welcome to the Voice of Search Podcast. I'm your host, Benjamin Shapiro, and today we're going to talk about using SEO data for market research and insights. Joining us is Doug Bell, who's the CMO of Searchmetrics, which is an SEO and content marketing platform that helps enterprise-scale businesses monitor their online presence and make data-driven decisions. And today we're going to discuss the challenge of the current landscape for market research. And this podcast is also sponsored by Ahrefs. What if I told you that you could monitor your website's SEO health, backlinks, and organic rankings at no costs? Sounds too good to be true? Well, it's not. Because my friends at Ahrefs just launched Ahrefs Webmaster Tools. Ahrefs' new Webmaster Tools product quickly helps you improve your site's visibility by pointing solutions to over 100 technical issues that might be holding your search performance down. Plus, AWT monitors for backlinks so you'll know the most linked to pages and how those links are affecting your rankings. And AWT shares what keywords your website ranks for and compares how you stack up against competitors for key metrics like search volume, keyword difficulty, and traffic value. Look, monitoring your website used to require multiple expensive tools. And now, thanks to Ahrefs, that's not the case anymore because AWT will help you monitor your SEO health, backlinks, and keywords for free. And no, it's not one of those 14-day free trial offers. It's a powerful site audit tool that will keep working for you for free. So check out Ahrefs Webmaster Tools at ahrefs.com slash AWT. That's A-H-R-E-F-S dot com slash A-W-T. Okay. Here's the first part of my conversation with Doug Bell, CMO of Searchmetrics. Doug, welcome back to the Voices of Search podcast. I'm shocked you let me back on the show, Ben. Thank you. Doug, you pay the bills. You can come back whenever you want to. (laughs) It's been a while, though. We haven't talked. I'm excited to not only catch up, but talk a little bit about market research. Not necessarily something that most people sort of relate to SEO. So let's start from the top. As a CMO, tell me a little bit about how you think about when and why to do market research. So, you know, Ben, there are many situations where, and I think this is a great example here, where we have potentially a new product, and this faces other CMOs as well. Or we have an existing product that potentially could fit well into an adjacent market or a new region, right? So to make those decisions, what we're typically relying on is either a subscription service to somebody, say, like IDC or Nielsen, who will typically have what I'll call market trailing data. So let's call that point-of-sale data. Or you're depending on what's called this customer one-off research. And that's typically what most CMOs are dealing with. Now, for a larger corporation, you might have your own research team, your own in-house research firm. But for the most part, if you want to make a good data-driven, informed decision, you need to understand the dynamics of the market, right? 
So you covered a couple different points there is that, you know, when you're doing market research, you mentioned, hey, you're launching a new product or service, and then a little bit of the how, which is third-party data, the IBCs, I'd even maybe throw Gardner in there as well, or you're doing the research yourself. I want to double back and go a little bit into more detail about why you would be doing market research. Obviously, most of the people that are listening to this podcast are SEOs. And I do think that it's an important thing that we as a community of search experts can start thinking a little bit more about. We do a lot of keyword research, right? We're trying to understand the performance of our website as the executive of a marketing team. And obviously, you work closely with other CMOs being a service provider. It's not just hey, I'm launching a new product. Sometimes there are other places where you want to do research. When you just define market research, is it only what's my totally addressable market? Is it who are my customers? Talk to me more about what market research actually is. Okay. So Tam, a total addressable market is a good example of something you'd want to seek out. And we understand why, right? We understand... How big is the pie? How big is the pie? Is this an irredeemably small market? And if it is an irredeemably small market, it is the price point so high that that justifies going into the market, right? And I think the closest parallel I could draw to you know our customers, our SEO customers in the audience listening today is when we do keyword research, right? Ben, that's exactly what we were talking about. And mm-hmm. quite often, SEOs are asked to do the very same market research at a detail level that a CXO or a, you know, a strategic leader might have to undertake, right? Interestingly enough, the data key, the commonality between the two is keyword research, right? So I want to understand whether I should expand my product, in this case, let's say it's my website or my content, into other markets. In this case, let's say those markets are represented by keywords. It's the same thing, if you will. The difference is, as a marketing leader or as a CXO, you have to understand really fundamentally what exactly the appetite is beyond the TAM. In other words, is there a market for this thing I'm looking for? And then how are consumers behaving within that market? What's the competition look like? How strong is the competition, right? So that's your fairly typical situation. And most typical, Ben, is you're not just like coming up with a new product, right? That's more typical is you have a product that has a standing in a current market and you're looking to bring that to an adjacent market. So to summarize a little bit of what you said, you know, there's the idea of understanding how big the market is. There is the notion of understanding who else is in the market to try to figure out how much green space there is. And then there's also the notion of understanding who the customers are that are buying. So market research can really be used a couple of different ways, or you can do different types of research to understand information about your market. Now, you also mentioned a couple of different ways which you can conduct your market research you're hiring a firm to do it for you. Maybe there's already research that's been done. You're using your own in-house proprietary data. Talk to me about some of the challenges that managers are facing when they're doing their research to figure out not only what research to do, but how to conduct it. Well, that's just a long list. Let's start with sample sizes and how typically they can be very small. This is especially true for custom research. And what ends up happening there is you start getting standard deviations away from accuracy, right? So a good example that we would think of maybe in our daily lives is, you know, the tracking that's going on, the research that's going on, the polling that's going on for the presidential race coming up, right? And if anybody follows 538.org, which is my favorite website, I highly suggest you go check it out. They're constantly talking about how 
the various surveys may or may not be accurate based on the sample size and the research methodology. And so it's true in our daily lives, right? So to the degree that a sample size is too small, you're creating uncertainty and doubt within that sample size. And for you to be able to affordably get a larger sample size, that's really the challenge. So if you have unlimited budget, you can have a large enough sample size. Each kind of iteration out from a smaller sample size represents more cost. So part of this is understanding how many data points you can get access to to understand the accuracy of the research that you're going to be doing. And to me, that infers that if there are lots of data points from which you can pull from, great, go look at, you know, a data firm or maybe some data that's already out there and you can do polling. When you're working with smaller data sets, maybe there's only 10 potential customers in a new market, but they're all billion-dollar customers. It's a $10 billion market. You can't do a poll. You're not going to do a survey of those 10 people. How are you going to conduct your research when you're in a more niche but potentially valuable market? It's a challenge. You know, ultimately, you know, we're talking about sample size, but also as you get into niche markets, as less as the sample size large enough than it is, is somebody covering it, right? So you have traditional market research firms that are going to go to the market that has the largest subscription base, but they're going to stay away from things like, say, pianos, <laughs> right? Or medical devices. They're not necessarily going to go there unless somebody takes them there. And they're subscription services. So they're going to stay away from customer research, which puts you in front of really wonderful customer research firms that are staffed with data scientists and people that really know what they're doing. But then the flip of that is cost. I think the other thing I'd mention also is, let's say you create the perfect market research model and you have the budget. How long does that data remain relevant? How long does that research remain relevant, right? And especially if you're in a fairly dynamic market. So I mentioned a niche market like pianos. Okay, probably not as dynamic as, I don't know, say footwear, right? But still, if we're looking at, you know, outside of the niche market, like a set of pianos, and you're starting to dig into something like a consumer market, let's say that study is perfect, but how long is that relevant? Is that a month? Is it two months? Is it three months? Is it six months? And that's the second challenge, ultimately, is that you can have perfect, perfect research, but at some point, it's no longer relevant because the market's dynamic. Time for a one-minute break to hear from our sponsor, Previsible. So you're looking for SEO help, and you got a couple of options. You could start replying to spam from agencies that claim they can get you to rank number one on Google. You can pay an hourly rate for a consultant who will inevitably nickel and dime you with hourly charges. Or you can work with a cookie cutter agency to quickly launch a strategy-less project with low success rate. None of those sound very good, now do they? Well, that's where Previsible's integrated consulting model comes in. Previsible draws from a collective 40 years of SEO and digital marketing experience to unlock your organic growth opportunities. They build custom solutions that combine strategy, technical expertise, content, and reporting to effectively operationalize SEO for your business. Previsible's four-stage approach ensures that your SEO programs thrive by starting off with a strategy-first approach. Then they support you in your efforts to create quality content, help you identify technical issues, and most importantly, they'll work with your cross-functional teams to integrate your SEO strategies to make sure that your SEO budget actually drives results, not just your agency's bottom line. So join brands like Yelp, eBay, Canva, Atlassian, Square, all who rely on the SEO consultants at Previsible. For more information, go to previsible.io. That's previsible, P-R-E-V-I-S-I-B-L-E dot I-O. Talk to me about some of the challenges faced by the managers who want to make data-driven decisions. 
You know, I'm going to quote a market research firm in a bit of an irony here, Ben, but I think it's appropriate. It's a company called Alpha HQ. I think they do very good work on surveying managerial behavior, and it's something I tend to rely on. And we know a few things. First thing we know is that 91% of managers believe that data-driven decision-making is really important. That's not a shock in our current era, right? That's kind of a duh, not a head slap, right? But the challenge is ultimately that only about 57%, again, this is according to Alpha HQ, actually are able to practice data-driven decision-making. And the biggest question typically is, well, why? There are some things that have nothing to do with the research itself. It has to do with lack of control, silo decision-making. But the number one challenge that managers pointed to was really lacking the quality data they need to make the decisions. In other words, standing between them and those decisions is actually having access to data they can rely on. Okay. So you're talking about the various places you can get access to data So give me a use case example of someone who's doing a good job of doing their customer research. I think the biggest consumer brands typically are the ones that are doing the best job because they have the deepest pockets. And so what they are typically doing is a combination of things. The first thing they're doing is they're using the IDCs, the Gartners, the Nielsen's. There's a variety of ways that those organizations research. So I want to be careful not to put them all in one big group. But I would say what's typical for what they're subscribing to is what I call market trailing point of sale data, right? So I want to know how many laptops were sold with so much storage capacity in Austria. Then I got to tell you, you get that data, right? And that's one set of data. And that's really useful in terms of understanding capture, share of market, competition. That's very useful tools. Those are very useful sets of data, right? That's the first alternative. Then you're starting to get into kind of one-off, more esoteric efforts, things like market scopes or the research waves that we're seeing from other smaller firms. And that's really their view on what a market equals. That's typically something that's going to help a company make a decision on the vendors. That's not terribly useful in terms of your ability to investigate a new market. Then finally, what you have are customer research firms, right? And those customer research firms effectively create a custom study for you. They have a bunch of different ways they can approach it. One way they can approach it is to use an existing study. In other words, they've researched that market before that's less costly to you but then you're kind of held to their taxonomy and their market approach, right? Or they can do a custom report. And that's basically from scratch, creating a customer report. And that involves actually reaching out and doing surveys or doing focus groups, et cetera. And so that's usually what the larger brands have access to. And even they struggle to make these decisions with that combination. So the larger brands have the ability to go pay to conduct their own research. They're using various sources When you're working at a smaller brand, what are some of the ways that you can access data or conduct your own research? You know, you're usually typically using keyword research, actually, if you will. So you're using GA or you're using whatever SEO platform, hopefully ours, to take your keywords to roughly extrapolate out what a market equals, right? Or as you mentioned before, Ben, you could pull together focus groups, right? You have a large enough customer base, you can get 5 to 10 customers together. Is that statistically relevant? No. Is that terribly useful? Maybe in terms of your ability to create some directional understanding. But at the end of the day, you're not able to size the market. You're really probably not understanding competitive trends well. It's really, at the end of the day, not something that's going to fill that need when you're thinking about moving into an adjacent market or a new region. At the end of the day, when you think about conducting customer research, unless you're one of the mega enterprise brands with a budget to be able to go hire a firm or conduct the research in-house in a statistically significant way, 
you're really using other data sources that are at your disposal, either surveys that you can conduct yourself, focus groups where you're getting more qualitative than quantitative data, or you're looking at your search data, which is really the primary reason why we're bringing this topic up, is that search data is one of the most valuable ways for you to size your market. So as the SEOs in the room for the digital marketers and the marketing leaders that are listening to this podcast, we urge you to not ignoring market research if you don't have the budget for an enterprise study, but to start thinking about doing market research in-house being led by SEO data. And we're going to get into more detail about exactly how to do that in our next episode. So that wraps up this episode of the Voices of Search podcast. Thanks for listening to my conversation with Doug Bell, CMO of Searchmetrics. We'd love to continue the conversation with you. So if you're interested in contacting Doug, you can find a link to his LinkedIn profile in our show notes. You can contact him on Twitter where his handle is Market Advocate, or you could visit his company's website, which is searchmetrics.com. And a special thanks to Previsible for sponsoring this podcast. If you're looking for support with all of your SEO needs, Previsible's integrated consulting model is there for you. They draw on a collective 40 years of SEO and digital marketing experience to help you unlock your organic search and growth opportunities. So join brands like Yelp, eBay, Canva, Atlassian, and Square, all who rely on SEO consultants at Previsible. For more information, go to previsible.io. That's P-R-E-V-I-S-I-B-L-E dot I-O. And a special thanks to Ahrefs for sponsoring this podcast. Monitoring your website used to require multiple expensive tools. But that's not the case anymore, thanks to Ahrefs. Because they just launched their Ahrefs Webmaster Tools product, which monitors your SEO health, helps you keep track of your backlinks, and gives you the insight into what keywords are performing for free. So check out Ahrefs Webmaster Tools at ahrefs.com slash A-W-T. That's Ahrefs, A-H-R-E-F-S dot com slash A-W-T. Just one more link in our show notes I'd like to tell you about. If you didn't have a chance to take notes while you were listening to this podcast, head over to voicesofsearch.com where we have summaries of all of our episodes, contact information for our guests. You can also send us your SEO topics, any questions you may have. You can even apply to be a guest speaker on the Voices of Search podcast. Of course, you can always reach out on social media. Our handle is Voices of Search on Twitter. And my personal handle is Ben J. Shap, B-E-N-J-S-H-A-P. And if you haven't subscribed yet and you want a daily stream of SEO and content marketing insights in your podcast feed, we're going to publish episodes every day during the work week. So hit the subscribe button in your podcast app and we'll be back in your feed tomorrow morning. All right, that's it for today. But until next time, remember, the answers are always in the data. Music.